Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hollywood Speaks podcast, a podcast where you guessed it, Hollywood Speaks. On today's episode, I am chatting with celebrity stylist Kinsey Renee. We chat about all things mental health. We deep dive into dealing with this striving sense we felt in Los Angeles and how to combat that, ways that we have both navigated depression and so much more. I so enjoyed chatting with Kenzie and I hope you love our conversation. Kenzie is a storyteller, a stylist, and a creative with a passion for people and connection. I can so relate. She believes fashion tells the story of who you are and she's worked on the set of Vogue. She's worked with top stylists whose names you will definitely know. And she is currently signed with Amax Agency as a celebrity stylist. And she also offers her own personal styling services virtually. Please give it up for Kinsey Renee, everyone. Yay! So happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to chat with you. Let's just dive right in. I love to start off our episodes just kind of hearing about how you got to be where you are in your career. So obviously you are a stylist. Were you always in love with like fashion and style growing up or is that something that came to be a passion of yours later in life? Yeah. So fashion itself was always there. If you ask my mom, she'll tell you when I was three, I was the kid that always had to choose my own clothes. Like she couldn't lay out an outfit. I had to have a choice. And so, and I would always tell her what to wear, my dad what to wear, even when I was young as three, five. So it was always very natural. And I had uniforms growing up because I went to private school and I was the kid that was always dress coded. I was like trying to like spice it up with scarves or sneakers. You would like accessorize. Yeah, literally. And so they're like, oh, you can't do that. And I'm like, why not? So I was always that person. Fashion styling though came more in high school because that was when, if you know who Rachel Zoe is in that whole era, she had a reality show. I loved it and was obsessed. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, what? This is a job? And so then I just became hyper fixated on that being my career and ended up moving to LA right out of high school. I applied to the school FITM, if you know it. And it's in the middle of downtown. It was the only school I applied to. I didn't even look at any other colleges, anything. Thank God my parents so supportive. They're like, yeah, go for it. Like didn't even hesitate. And so I just moved. I'm so thankful because yeah, I was just like, I can do anything and just was naive and 17 and took the jump and I've loved it ever since. That's incredible. I also went to private school growing up. So I know what you're talking about when you were like, I must accessorize. I I respect that because there's only so much you can do when you have a very limited color palette. (laughs) It's true. I will say too, in high school, I also went to private school and it was a Lutheran and we didn't have a uniform, which I've never actually seen, but we had to wear collared shirts. Mm -hmm. And I still pride myself though with getting the dress code changed because when I was a freshman, I was like, I am over the collared shirts. I don't want to wear collared shirts. Like, no. And so I would wear like denim jacket or a jacket with a collar. And then they would call me to the office and I'd be like, why am I here? It has a collar. Oh, yeah. We love it. A lawyer. I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, so the next year as a sophomore, they ended up doing away with the collared thing. (laughs) Wait, this is incredible. You're just making moves. I love it. So I don't know if that was like really the reason, but I will say after I started doing it, everyone did it to where the next year it suddenly was gone. (laughs) 
That's incredible. Okay, I love this for you. Also, I'm sure your parents were like, this is a theme. This just makes sense. Like, I feel like this has to be a thing. And obviously, going to school for it, they're probably just like, yep, we've seen this coming. Like, we support it. <laughs> like, honestly, you can't stop her. Like, I love that. What was your experience at that school like? Yeah, it honestly, it was really good. It was definitely fast paced. I did merchandise marketing, so actually very different from what I'm doing, but they didn't have a specific program Mm. and the others were like design set or like store windows. And I'm like, I'm creative, but I'm not drawing artistic in that way. Like I can visualize it, put it together, but don't, don't make me sew kind of thing. Totally. And so I did more of the business route, which ended up being great because now it's more of that entrepreneurship and it translates into the marketing aspects. I'm really glad that I did that route for sure, but I loved it because going to a creative school like that, you're just immersed. And even in LA and being downtown, it was just so much creative energy. And I was able to be fashion editor Mm. for schools magazine. And so just getting the editorial experience. And that's where I got my first internships, like all of that. That's where I actually interned at Vogue was through my school because it just like came through my career advisor and she was like, hey, this would be great. And I was all for it, of course. Tracking mileage for work can be so tedious and frustrating. And that was my life for many years until this past tax season. I was like, there has to be an easier way. So I did a quick little Google search and I found this app called Driver's Note. And let me tell you, it has been a game changer. If you don't have it, definitely get it because it has made my life so much easier. It tracks your trips automatically and you can categorize it as personal or business and you can even add notes and tag locations and identify them as your house, work, gym, whatever you want to do. And I know this upcoming tax season is already going to be so much easier. So if you want to try it for yourself, you can use the link in the show notes. First was actually French Vogue was kind of how I got into that world. And that one was interesting because you're dealing with just a whole different team, a whole different personality. And they were doing a story on Beverly Hills. And I actually really loved it. I thought it was really cool. And the other intern was like, oh, the stylist or the editor is kind of mean. Mm. I was like, I love her. Like, (laughs) she's great. So I got along with her. And I thought it was cool to just see the whole experience. And I mean, you're definitely thrown into it especially on Vogue shoots, it's you're there at 3 a.m., literally, arrival, and then you're there until almost midnight. Mm -hmm. Like, it is insane. Dang, that's a lot. Yeah, like, it is long days. It is not for the faint of heart. Like, I wouldn't go out of my way now to be like, oh, let me do that. But at 18, you're just thrown into it, and it's such – high expectation very early in your career that it kind of sets you up to be able to do anything because nothing's going to be as crazy as that. And so it definitely, yeah, it definitely set the standard for me in that and just dealing with all of the organization, of location, how to handle when things come up, how to get stains out of clothes. I mean, I remember there was this Moschino gown that everything's alone in fashion and so you have to return it to the designer or you pay for it and there's not a budget and so there's this big stain and it was this whole ordeal of the me and the other assistant um trying to get the stain out and so very early you learn how to problem solve and you realize I have to take responsibility and all of those things so Wow. It sounds like you're just kind of thrown in the fire from the very beginning, which is like the best way to learn, right? Through experiences and those crazy scenarios where you're like not sleeping a lot and you're figuring out these crazy scenarios and problem solving. 
So it sounds like you just learned through fire. Very much so. (laughs) Very much just thrown into it, dealing with the pressure. It's not easy at all. And you're just kind of running on the adrenaline and the learning of keeping the end in mind. And I think, especially as a creative starting out, you do have to be very strong, not take things to heart and always keep the end in mind. And also know your boundaries. You know, like I said, now I'm like, okay, I wouldn't necessarily do that or take a job like that, but you learn what you like, you don't like, and that's how you grow. And I guess from there, you can only really go up, right? Like, I'm not (laughs) sure you could get much crazier than that. So at least you just, you experience that and then you, everything else can just seem more normal. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, did the, got that out of the way. Now we're good sure many people listening can relate to the crazy hours, especially in entertainment. How, if maybe you were just like, I couldn't, that's just the reality, but how did you find a way to care for yourself, like physically, mentally, spiritually, during that time when you were working insane hours, not sleeping a lot, probably stressed, Like, did you find a way to take care of yourself or was it kind of like, we just kind of accepted it and we did the best we could? Like, how did that look like for you? Yeah, I feel like for me, it's honestly gone through phases. That scenario, I definitely didn't. I think, again, being so young and being thrown into it, you're like, this is fashion, you know, showbiz, baby. And it's that mentality. And then as you get a little older and realize, okay, you know, my spiritual health is important. My mental, my physical health are important. It's now figuring out that schedule and knowing that it's going to be very different every day, but knowing what's the non-negotiable, you know, and that can change of what it looks like that day. But for me, you know, I have to, I'm a Christian. I have to get in the word every day. And I know the difference of, when I don't, like I am irritable. I am not happy. I am not a great person (laughs) when I don't spend time with the Lord. And for me, that might look like, okay, hey, this is a 5 a.m. call time. I have to be on set. I'm not going to have time, you know, to sit down and make a little cup of coffee and have a little romanticized morning. It's going to look like putting on a little devotional podcast while I'm getting ready and listening to Mm -hmm. worship in the car and having that, you know, and then maybe foregoing the whole workout thing that day and being like, it's okay. I'm going to be lugging 20 to 50 pound bags all day. Mm -hmm. That's my workout. Like it's fine. (laughs) And so it's different every day, but I think just knowing What's that non-negotiable and how can you fit it in? I love that. It's so good. It's like there is such a beauty in gentle consistency and adapting to your current life season. I think because people can think about that if they had a child and they're like, oh, I'm not sleeping. When I'm awake, I'm feeding a baby. And so now I can't just like sit down read the Bible, light a candle. It's like, oh, there's a baby in my arms and I'm trying to do a million things at once. And so maybe it's not a baby for you in this season, but for me and you, maybe it's more like, oh, my schedule is crazy. I have early call time. And it's like, how can I still implement these rhythms, but adjusting it to my current situation? So I love how you said, like, maybe it's not a full, like, you know, sit down with the Bible. Maybe it's, a devotional or worship on the way to work. Um, I think there is such like beauty in that. And the Lord still, like you said, can speak in any way, whether it's like bringing him into your day, whether it's sitting down, it's so cool. And just like, he sees the way that we pursue him. And like, he's, he's always going to be there and always present in our lives. Just can look different in each season as to how we, you know, pursue him and how we get into the word. Absolutely. And even now that you're saying that, and we're having this conversation, I think back even to when I was 18. And even though maybe I wasn't prioritizing the quiet time of it all, something I did do that is so hugely helpful is during those early mornings, 
I would do, I call them like little missile prayers. It's like five minute prayers that you just send out and it's like an SOS. And I would just be like, God, Hmm. I need help. Get me through this day. And he always did. And I 100% credit being able to do those crazy 12 hour days, you know, where I'm literally working for school credit, like not getting paid. And it's so hard. And, you know, it's, it's grueling truly. And that's the only way I could have got through like honest. And he always delivered that. I love that. Yeah. So don't underestimate little short prayers and asking for help. That's so encouraging, Kenzie. I love that you said that. And it's so true that the Lord like honors like our pursuit of him. And there really is no perfect way to do it. And I know for me, I can get caught up in that. And even I notice these thoughts in my head sometimes where I'm like, where did that come from? It's obviously not from God, but I'll think that like, oh, if I'm praying for something, I'm not going to get it unless I am doing my spiritual practices in a certain way. Like if I'm not sitting down with the Bible, like for X amount of time and like reading X amount of scriptures with these commentaries, like then God's going to be like, sorry, like didn't hear your prayer. Like that's just not true. But I think like sometimes I think that where I'm like, oh, I'm asking for God's help, but I'm just doing it like really quickly when I'm in the midst of my day. But it's like, no, that is so beautiful. And that's what we're meant to do is like bring him into whatever season we're in, whatever that looks like. There's literally no verse that says like, in order to seek me, you must sit down for at least 30 minutes with your Bible and a cup of coffee. Like, but somehow in our American culture, we think this is the ideal way to pursue Jesus when really it can look like bringing him into our life, like bringing him on set with us, like in our minds as we're going through our day, like those missile prayers, like he shows up and there's not like a formula to hear from God or to, you know, receive from God. And I've definitely seen in my life where I've asked and cried out to God in a way that I thought like was messy, maybe wasn't the quote unquote perfect way, but then he so showed up for me and I'm like, oh yeah, like he does hear my missile prayers. And those are not any less than the prayers that I was giving when I was sitting down journaling in my like nice pen, you know, it's, it's just, there's no like greater or less than. It's, it's true. And, and the truth is if we're waiting to sit down with God in our morning or at our night, and that is it. If that is the only God that we get, what are we doing? Because especially with as a creative and working in a secular industry, we should be bringing that. We Amen. are missing the mark, in my opinion, if we are leaving that just for quiet time, you know, because God's word says, bring it. That's the whole yes. point of our purpose in this life and what we do as especially creatives to bring that beauty and that joy into our workplace. So good, Kenzie. I love that. Speaking of bringing him into the workplace, I know you have many experiences where you've been on set as a stylist, and I'm sure they have come with a variety of experiences. Like, do you have any, like, (laughs) stories or, like, times when you, like, saw – God show up in a crazy way or maybe even times where it was really challenging and you really had to lean on God. Um, Are there any stories that really kind of stick out to you? Yeah, I've definitely had a couple of just of really all over the map. I've had them where it's long day, I'm feeling discouraged and he sends someone to me who is on set. Like I've been on Mm. music videos and it's been the coolest thing because I'll be like stressed or whatnot. And then someone will come and bring up God. And I've sat on the couch while they're filming and we're watching and we're literally having the best God conversation. And it's been the coolest thing ever. That is so cool. And, And it's right in that moment where I'm like, God, I don't know what to do, you know? And then I've also had times where, you know, people are not so nice about faith. And I've been told, you know, hey, 
if you want to grow in this industry, you know, maybe don't talk about God or maybe don't wear a cross necklace mm-hmm. or I have a agape tattoo and they're like, maybe don't show that. And so mm-hmm. I've definitely had different things around the map in the industry. And mm-hmm. I think it's navigating it as a Christian. And again, as I've grown and as I've seen the different sides of being more confident to stand my ground and be like, hey, it's it's okay, you know? And it's okay to be rejected. It's not everyone's going to accept it. That doesn't mean hide it. That doesn't mean shy away. Just means be yourself. Mm -hmm. And the right people and the right opportunities will always find you. But I mean, most of the time, even if they don't agree, like I've, again, been on larger sets with bigger celebrities. And I remember I was talking about a women's conference that I was going to, and it was right before COVID. And I was able to share about what my church does and all of these things. And it was really, it ended up being a really cool conversation with this celebrity of just our different faiths. Mm. And so I think having that boldness and authenticity, you know, just to listen, to hear other people and to find that common ground and just be able to share. That's so cool to hear. I think it can be easy to let fear take over, you know, and hinder us from sharing our faith, from speaking in boldness, from like being unafraid. And I love you've had experiences where your boldness has been met with fruitful conversation, with maybe even relationship building moments. Um, What would you say to someone listening who? desires to have that boldness but is perhaps struggling with a fear of losing a job or losing a connection what would you say to that person I've definitely been there to where I am like oh if I do this will I lose this you know and I think it comes down to what's the cost and you know I think it's it's one thing to you know throw our faith at someone and be like, you have to believe this. It's another to just be yourself. And I think at the end of the day, it's what do you prioritize? You know, is God leading your life or is this job? Do you trust him enough that even if you lose it, will he open another door in this industry if you're called there? And it took me a lot to realize that. And because I held on so tightly to different jobs and like, I have to do this. I have to do this to get here. And at the end of the day, it's like, who's really in control? Like the right things are going to find you. If you are meant to be there, I mean, this goes if you're Christian or not. Like if you are meant to be somewhere, there's literally nothing you can do to get yourself out because you're meant for it, you know? And it doesn't matter how many times you fail, et cetera. Like if you are meant to be in a room, you're going to be in that room no matter what. And that's the truth of it all. And there's actually this verse in the Bible that's one of my favorites. And it is 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7. And in the message translation, it talks about don't put on any errors. And God will promote you at the right time. And I live by that verse. That's so true. It's, you know, the best things happen when we're ourselves, when we don't try to be something that we're not. So good. It's like, what is your motive? Is your motive to like make a name for yourself or is your motive like to make a name for God? And if you're a Christian, maybe really asking yourself, like, am I running into this just seeking myself or am I forgetting my first love, forgetting why I'm doing this in the first place. And that can, I have so much grace for that because it can be so easy to slip into that, especially if you live in Los Angeles where everyone's running their own race and you can all of a sudden realize you're like living in me world. And before you know it, you're just sucked into the selfishness of the city. So I think it's so important to have people who call you out, hold you accountable, remind you of like, what is your motive here because if you are seeking to glorify God in your work, like you said, it's going to come out of you and you're going to make decisions based off of him and not yourself. And then also, therefore, if he wants you in a room, like you said, like you're going to be in that room. Nothing you do can mess that up. 
And also, if you're if you're not meant to be there, like you're not going to be there, and you can't mess that up either. So, I love that you mentioned that because I think just remembering your motive is so powerful. And like you said, bringing God into your day and not just limiting Him to the morning to the evening, but bringing Him into your work, bringing Him into your daily commute to work, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah, it's so it's so true, and I think. Another thing just on that same topic is we can get so caught up in like, oh, like I want to be like this person, especially in LA. And even though I don't live there now, I'm in Nashville, but while I was there, it was so much like, oh, like I need to be like this person. I need to be like this person. I need to be like this person. And then I had this moment where I'm like, do I even want to be like them now? Like, do I want my life to look like that? Yeah. And I think we can get so caught up in trying to copy something because of maybe what they post on social media or trying to fit in in a certain scenario and just realizing it's okay if you don't want to be there or if you don't want to be Mm -hmm. like them. It's fully okay. Like those aren't the only people or the only job that you're going to be in or be around, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's just freeing to remember that. So good. On the note of moving to Nashville, I'm curious how you've experienced life just having moved from Los Angeles. Are there, now that you've moved out of the city, are there things that you see now where you're like, whoa, I had no idea this difference or I had no idea how this was affecting me? What has that looked like for you? Yeah, I've I've been here almost seven months now. And honestly, these seven months have been very therapeutic because I didn't realize I was in LA for six years and I didn't realize how much of my identity had gotten wrapped up there and in the entertainment. So it's almost been this detox of my spirit and my mental health of realizing the things that I've cared of comparison of hustle culture. It's very opposite here of people don't ask what you do necessarily. They, last night I was at a friend's release party for her EP and I was talking to a couple people and it was about the third or fourth question in that Mm. they were like, what do you do? And it's just so funny because in LA, that is usually the first question. And so it's been a lot that I carried that even though I said I did it and really that's my mindset of whenever I walk in of oh I have to be this cool stylist I have to be this I have to be that Mm. and that's not the first thing and so that's been a huge just reframing how I think of identity and also reframing the idea of hustle culture that it's okay to not always have something on the book or always be working towards thing or busy that it's okay to just enjoy the present so it's it's been a great thing it's definitely been one of those like oh that kind of hurts like didn't realize I was like that yeah <laughs> you're like oh now I see it <laughs> that's such a good reminder though because I mean living in LA yeah it's easy to forget when it's all you're surrounded with and I think for people who do live in LA to be reminded of like we are such a small minute part of the world and also our life is so short and kind of having that perspective I think is so important and for me I've noticed I've only been here for like a year and a half but I've found that it's been so helpful for me to like once every quarter or so like take a weekend or I'm away from the city if I can because it's so helpful to like slow down my nervous system because like you said, you don't even really realize how fast you're going until you don't go fast. Yeah. And then your body is still on this like hamster wheel and it's like, what are we doing today? And you're like, uh, resting. Chill. <laughs> yeah. The body's like, what? What is this? We don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't go 100 miles an hour. <laughs> right. And I think it's funny because like, My little sister lives in New York, so I've always thought, like, oh, like, New York is the hustle culture. L.A. is just, like, the chill surfer vibes. Yeah. No. L.A. is, I think, deceptively hustle culture-y because, like, I think everyone is always working on their thing. It's, like, deceptively 
constantly pursuing your craft. Like people are in social media a lot here. So they're like always working, you know, or if it's like, oh, we're going to coffee, but I'm also doing content creation or I'm resting, but also working on my five side hustles. And there's just so many things that you can do. And it can feel like almost there's this guilt if you don't do all the things. Remembering this because something is something you could do. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it all. And feeling that peace and really praying through if you're a Christian, like, is this next side hustle? Is this next job really what God is calling me into? Or is this me just like saying yes to everything that's placed in front of me? Totally. I think having that discernment as a creative when our minds are naturally going 100 miles an hour, like I will have a different idea. I'm like, oh, I want to start this or I want to do this or, you know, oh, I need to reach out to this person or have this. And it's like, okay, let's slow down. Like, what are your three goals? Where do you want to be? Does this even make sense? You know, I know I've dealt with that too, because before starting this podcast, um, I was just a dance teacher and I had a couple other side jobs, but those were always like, were always like temporary jobs. So it was always like every month or two was like finding another side job. And that was like a gig for a little bit. And I feel like the Lord's been reminding me of like, you cannot keep doing this where you're doing like five things at once. And I feel like it's like every other month I'm back to square one where I'm like, okay, God, like, should I keep all these jobs? You know, like, what should I do? I feel like I'm running myself to the ground. And it's funny because um, I actually got in a car wreck like a couple weeks ago and I'm fine. But like, I, it's actually been a blessing of God being like, slow down, like reassess, like, where am I leading you? I'm curious too for you like have you run into that as a stylist or has it been like working as a stylist and as a barista oh yeah so in gosh what was it two three two three years ago it was right after covid i was actually in bio college with hillsong and so then when entertainment industry opened back up i was still doing it part-time and it, it felt like everything came at once. I was saying yes to everything. And I also took a job with, because, you know, when it first opened the doors of entertainment again, it was slow. And so I'm like, oh, I can do everything. And I took, yeah, I took a part-time job with a friend who owns a huge social media company. And I worked with her as a assistant two days a week. And then I was also doing my own styling and then Bible college and also assisting time and other stylists. So you get it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I got very well. I actually Mm -hmm. ended up getting a car as well. Um, No way. um, I did. And it was a whole thing. I ended up facing like some kind of like lawsuit with it. It was crazy. Like they hit me and it was terrible. But it ended up being a blessing again. I had to step out and focus on something else and realize, okay, like what's actually important? What is God calling me to do? And I ended up doing Bible college and styling, which was still a lot. And then Oscar season came around that first year that I was lost. It was 2021 or 20, maybe in 2022 was the first Oscars back in Cleveland. And I was styling and helping style five different clients um, while doing Oscars. I worked literally nine days in a row without a break still doing Bible college. And it came to that point where I was like, okay, God, what are you calling me to do? Because I think also as a Christian, we can get caught up in like, if we're doing something for the Lord, whether it be serving ministry, Bible college, then that's the right thing and everything's wrong. And it's like, and for me, I had to come to terms with, 
that God was calling me to focus on my career instead. So I ended up dropping out of Bible college and focusing on the career and all of that, which ended up leading to where I am now. But it's definitely that are hard and you really have to lean in and listen to what God is saying and what you're actually supposed to do and also listen to where the guilt is because I think that is very telling of where are you feeling you should do something versus what is natural and what is what you're actually called to do. That's so good. Wow, I needed to hear that. And also how wild that we were both in car wrecks. That's crazy. Kind of on a different note, one thing we discussed a little bit before hitting record that I'm really curious about is kind of like we were just talking about, like having lots of side jobs to make ends meet. Very, very common here in LA. And on a similar note, like I know it can be hard when as a stylist, it's like you obviously love fashion. I love style. I love fashion. Um, But it can be hard when perhaps you don't have like the budget to really like ball out on this amazing wardrobe. So what would you say to people who perhaps have a vision for what they want their wardrobe, their style to look like, but they have a hard time finding ways to make that like budget-friendly, financially attainable. Totally. And I was sharing with you before, I'm in that boat as well because clients might have a huge budget or their labels, et cetera. But I personally don't always have that. And it's always the question of how do you look on a budget? And the thing is, you don't have to have a certain budget to look like that always tell my clients all about what you're actually investing in and having the core classic pieces of not always buying into the trends first, but making sure that you have clean staples of, okay, if you want, you know, like for me, I love like a relaxed, elevated look. So my go-to's are always some good trousers that have like a tailored, loose look. And like good basic, like a good t-shirt, nice little sweatshirt, and you don't have to spend a bunch of money, you know, it's just finding those things that fit you well. I mean, half the time it's like, you can do things like Zara, Target, online, places like that, that are just find the staples. And it really is finding something that is, you know, look a little higher quality and there's definitely for that of, okay, how does it feel, what's the cut, etc. I do feel like Zara has found the amazing niche of clothing that looks like it's from a nicer store, but it's really yeah. budget-friendly. They have done that so well. Even the store itself, when I walk in, it always feels so elevated, even though the prices are like amazing. Yeah, it's like just use what you have, put together a Pinterest board that goes for guys and girls, like put together what your inspo is, go from there, see what you already have, see what you want towards, and start with that, you know, because usually you'll see people coming to you. Yeah, so, so. so good. Have you ever sold your clothes before? Like I know I've, because for me, I had a lot of clothes like pre-COVID, that after COVID, I was like, these are so not my style anymore. And I tried to sell them on like Poshmark and just had no success. I was getting all these spam things that I just like gave up and gave it to Goodwill, which is amazing. But I also feel like there would be a really cool like give and take exchange if I could sell my clothes on Poshmark and then use the money, at least some yeah. of it, to like buy new clothes. So it's more of like a return policy situation have you ever done that and if so like what's your advice to people trying to sell their clothes yeah I'm currently in the process of doing that now like at least detoxing my closet for me there's two main ways that I love to do it one 
when I actually moved, I did a closet sale and like I invited friends over and we had like drinks and it was a shopping experience. And I was like, oh, this would look good on you. So that's always fun. Like if you have a couple friends to do it with, do a closet sale together, make it an event, shop each other's like it just makes it really fun in a community base because that's something I'm super passionate about of bringing people together. Let's just have a fun time. So when I can, I do love doing that. And then for a quick, easy fix, I love thread up, which, cause you just pack it and send it. And also they do partner with a lot of brands like Reformation and Madewell, I actually believe too, that you can get money from that specific store. So if there's a store you really like, look at the programs that they have, because a lot of times they have those. And I think Madewell does it, especially for their jeans. If you take jeans, then you get money towards a new pair. So and it can be anything. So definitely look if there's a brand that you want to buy from, what programs they have. That's super smart. I've heard great things about ThreadUp. I actually just got my first little bag from them to like sell my clothes in there. So I'm really excited to do that. Yeah, it's good. It sometimes can take a while to get it back, but I find it's the easiest and I've always gotten like a good amount from it so it's nice nice yeah I feel like it seems a little bit more realistic for me at least because I've tried like Poshmark but it takes so much time to like style the photos and then deal with all the spam and then be like you're invited to this thing and I'm like what is what and then I just end up getting nothing back and I spent like how long on this app you know but I feel like with thread app you just like put it in a bag and you just send it off and that's more of like okay I will actually get these clothes out of my closet like (laughs) ideal ideal also like general closet tip for cleaning out keep a bin in your closet or an area in your closet where you can put stuff that you you're like oh I don't usually wear this go like a month or two and if you don't reach for it then sell it Ooh, that's really good and then going back to those basics like you were saying I've been thinking about that too about how basics are so underrated because you can like reuse them and like accessorize and it looks like a whole new shirt or now we're entering fall it's like add a sweater on top of that and it's like a whole new outfit or add your booties like whatever it is um so I'm excited about like I feel like fall is the time for all the basics to get their like elevated look oh yeah that's my favorite I love that Amazing. Okay. Before we kind of close out, um, I also wanted to touch a little bit on just like mental health. I know we talked about it a little bit in terms of like physical, spiritual health in the beginning, but um, we always love to talk about mental health on here. So for anyone, you know, working in entertainment or just in general, what would you say any advice you might have for someone who is trying to pay attention to their mental health um have you had a time where you've you know really been met head on with like oh wow like I'm not taking care of my mental health and this is what I did to do that yeah definitely um and bear with me this might be like a longer ended story but I'll try to keep it I'm here for it right before I moved to LA or moved from LA I should say um it was definitely the spiritual warfare that I faced of a deep depression like I had never experienced before and it was like every job that I got it I was just met with this just fear this doubt like everything was making me not happy like I didn't want to be there even if it was the best job ever. Like I worked Ralph Lauren runway show and I was just like, did not want to be there. And I was like, literally with all of these huge celebrities and all these fittings for this show. And I like was literally the most miserable I'd ever been. And it was just very spiritual and very dark. And for me, it just got to the point where I was like, man, every, I don't feel like myself. And it's that just dark feeling. And I think we can all go through those ruts in our spirit and in a creative industry of like, man, is this the place for me? Is this where I need to be? And I think in those moments, we have to take inventory of 
hey, what is the priority for me? What am I doing? And for me during that time, you know, it was listening to worship music. It was taking that time, being involved in church, being around the right people. And those things help. But I think it's realizing, hey, what's the root of the problem? And for me, it happened to be LA. And God miraculously led me out of that. But I think it's remembering what is that important piece of your journey? Where is God calling you? And what are you actually living for? Who are you living for? Because at the end of the day, if we're so focused on receiving joy more than we're focused on giving it, then we're always going to come up empty. And for me, I was in a place where I was so focused on receiving instead of giving and using the gifts and the jobs that I was given to be a light and to spread the joy and to spread the beauty and all of those things. And I did come up empty because I was so focused on the striving. I wasn't, yes, I was listening to worship music, et cetera, but it still wasn't in a healthy place, if that makes sense. And my identity was misplaced. And now I've had to deal with, okay, what are the repercussions of that? But it's really taking that inventory and asking yourself the hard questions of, hey, where am I right now? What's the rule? It's funny you mentioned that because I was just reading this morning in First John 4 and talks about how there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. And the one who fears is not <laughs> yes it's so good I, I love that and it says like the one who fears has not been made perfect in love because fear has to do with punishment and when I've read that before I've always thought which, I, which is, is true but I've always thought like yes like receive God's love therefore I'll have no fear like yes receive God's love but if you read before that it says like the one who does not love others is not made complete in love and so in order to me for me to be made complete in love I have to love others that's like where love is complete is by the action of actually loving others not just receiving it and so it was this really cool realization this morning where I was like wow like if I am trying to think about how there is no fear in love a lot of that maybe perhaps comes not just from receiving the love like yes it's an element of that but also, like you said, like getting out of your own head and going out and loving others. And in doing that, then you'll see a removal of fear because you're not living for yourself. You're living for God. You're living for others. And in doing so, the obsession with self and the like tunnel vision of self is removed. And you see how little your problems are compared to the people around you. And you're kind of set free from your personal fears. Absolutely. And it's one of those things too, like mental health in general, my journey, it's it's an uphill battle. You know, there's no quick fix and it's a very complex issue, you know, and I'm, I'm definitely not against like getting the help that you need. You know, I... I do all the things. So <laughs> I, you know, I'm very pro help. I'm pro therapy, pro medicine, pro all the things. So it's a complex issue and you definitely have to take those steps. But I think again, before you even take those, you have to realize what the root is and mm-hmm. what are you actually focusing on, you know, and what is distinguishing you you know, because if you are just focusing on yourself and you're like, this is my identity, this is what distinguishes me in the world, you're going to go down this comparison track that is only going to dig your pit deeper instead of lifting you out and realizing, man, I have so much more going for me than what I do. And realizing that Yes, we are creatives, but genuinely we're all creatives because we're created by God. And so literally what we do is the least important thing and least interesting thing about us. And there's just so much more to the story. And I think realizing that just frees us of that part of our mental health story and allows us to walk in 
the freedom of peace and joy no matter our circumstance. Amen. That is so good, Kenzie. I think that's truly what can set us apart so much in LA for people living in LA because like you said that's the first question is like what do you do like how can you build my career how can I strive for my career all these things and remembering every day even if you have to like tell yourself every day like I am not what I do I feel like the Lord's been reminding me of that in this season where I've not been working my typical jobs like that and even when I can't do a lot of things physically that I used to be able to do where it's like I'm literally not what I can do physically what I can do for my job like literally I am not what I do and I am like I am his like I am the Lord's and that is who I am and that never changes even when I do get back to work even when I do get back to like physically it's like I'm still the same person and so I think if you have that perspective, like going into your day, whether it's like working as a stylist or working as a PA, remembering that like this can't change my identity, it really releases you from that pressure to strive to earn your identity because it's not going to change. Yeah. It's like enjoy where you are or where you are. You know, we're working in a creative field. Have fun with it and focus on the connection and the storytelling component versus the climbing the ladder or the comparison or what it looks like on social media. You know, it's, it's another job of the day that just happens to also be what we're passionate about. And so I think just seeing that for what it is and the blessing that it is and how we can have fun with it and connect through it is really cool and really important. And it, again, just brings you out of your own head. I love that. Finding the joy remembering the joy of what you do because at the end of the day if you are working in a creative career you must like it because it's not easy so if you really do like it remembering oh yeah like I like this this is fun for me and releasing that pressure of like oh my gosh like what's my next job gonna be but being like I'm in this job now and how can I enjoy it how can I use my giftings to make the world a better place to bring joy to others and really just being in the present moment like you said yeah yeah it brings purpose to each day it really does well this has been such a sweet conversation Kinsey I feel like you've shared so much wisdom and I know listeners will really learn a lot from what you've what you've shared yes I've enjoyed it so much this was so fun Hey friends, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Hollywood Speaks podcast. I hope it encouraged you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider giving it a five-star review and subscribe, follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts and share with a friend. We'll see you on Monday.